0: It's you. It's me. I'm back. Let's do this thing. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality.
1: Perception is reality. Reality. Some talk shows think all of their opinions are right. This one, this one knows they are. This is Perception is Reality. Christopher H. Bilbrey is a no-nonsense, well, maybe a little bit of nonsense, political activist, local government watchdog, and all-around good Hoosier and God-fearing American citizen. Is this guy for real? Holding lawmakers accountable and educating citizens on the importance of participating in their local government with a. Stab of national and world politics, and a little pop culture, and maybe some real life common sense. This, this is, is, is perception is reality, and this is Christopher H. Bilberry.
0: Simolina pilted green snot pie, throwing it together with a dead dog's eye. Well, hello, everybody. Thank you for clicking on this episode and giving me a little bit of your time. Of course, this is Perception is Reality. I'm your host, Christopher H. Bilberry. It is good to be back inside the home studio, Ink Barrel Studios, deep inside House 57. Thank you for giving me a little bit of your time. As always, you're listening on your favorite podcast hosting site, or the home station of Perception.Fireside.FM. Please don't forget to share this episode and share the podcast and the platform as a whole to everyone you know. Be sure to let them know they can find us everywhere by simply searching Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey at their favorite podcast hosting site. Or again, as always, at perception.fireside.fm. So, we are back. This is episode 68 Episode 068. We were off for about the last two weeks from recording inside the studio. I had been on the road and I released a couple episodes from Texas, but they were meh just because of the quality and what I had to work with. But we are back. We are inside. January 2020, we have seen several municipalities in East Central Indiana in action. Of course, the world is going to hell because Donald Trump has blown up an Iranian terrorist and everyone is losing their minds. I am now the bad guy because I'm asking questions, which basically are the same questions that I was just asking a month ago or two months ago when everybody loved it. And so it feels as though everything has absolutely flipped upside down and we're losing uh, control and everything is going haywire. However, I feel as good as ever. I want to thank you for continuing to listen and continuing to grow the listener base. The episodes continue to be reached By many, many, many folks. And I only have you to thank for that. So today, I wanted to focus a little bit on how everything just honestly seems to be so freaking out of control. Everything really seems to be like we're just through the looking glass... And there is no turning back. But I believe there is. I watched something that one of the producers actually sent me not too long ago, a couple days ago, that talked about how our political system in America, from the top to the bottom, is failing. And in some aspects, I agree with that. And in other aspects, I don't because I see the, the re- renewed excitement from all of you. I see council meetings being attended by many people in Muncie, in Anderson, in Winchester, in Union City. Standing room only council meetings. I remember going to Muncie City Council meetings when there were 20 people. I remember going to Winchester City Council meetings when I was the only person. I've watched Union City Council meetings when there are five people in the room. So the fact that you're involved and that people are involved, whether they agree with me or or not, if they disagree with me, but they're going, then that is... What really matters? Listen, folks, a lot has been said in the last couple weeks about people disparaging me because of how I do this podcast or how I approach asking questions or this or that. And all I'm going to say from this point forward about that is, you know what, pick up a microphone, You can normally find them from anywhere about 30 to 40 bucks up to six or so, $700. I've got a top of the line microphone. You can pick up a little mixing board and you can get yourself a mixing program and you can put out your podcast. How about you put out your reality podcast since mine's fiction? And when you do that, we will then compare and contrast. Your show, your body of work to mine, and we will see how it works. We'll also compare and contrast your body of work in the actual political arena with mine because I hear all these people jibber-jabbering about, oh, he shouldn't be able to talk, and what about the Walmart deal, and he's not from here, and oh, shut up, sit down, you're a clown. But look at it. Let's look at it from this point of view. Alright, let's take a little closer look. And I'm not exactly talking about Republican or Democrat or Dan Ridenauer or Dennis Tyler or Bob McCoy or... What, what was the former... Mayor of Winchester's name, it was John Beamer, John Seambeimer. I don't know what his name was. Anyways, I'm not talking about them, okay? I'm not talking about whether I agree or disagree or if I've got questions. I'm just talking overall. If you look at the agendas that I have laid out Over the course of the last two or three years since 2015, 2016, okay, we'll start in 2015, which is when I ran for city council. Of course, that didn't turn out the way that I wanted because I lost in a fairly close. Race. I mean, it wasn't really, really close, but only 800 people voted. So, you know, I had 200-some votes, and my opponent had the other winning total. So that didn't turn out in my favor. However, it renewed my spirit of being involved and being active, and I realized pretty quickly that I was able to do more on this side of being an elected official than I was if I was a council member. Because if I was a council member in Winchester, or a council member in Muncie, or a council member anywhere, you are one vote of many. And most of those votes are just housekeeping votes where it all votes the same. Three to zero, five to zero, nine to zero. It's not like you're deciding major, big issues. And so I was quickly able to determine that I was able to accomplish so much more of what is important to me behind the microphone and from the seat that I am in currently, which is in the most important seat that anyone can ever hold. And you're a member of that seat, each and every one of you. And that position or seat is that of the citizen of any government within America. We are the most powerful position or official or whatever you might want to say You, me, all of us together are in the most powerful position that anyone inside a government within America, from that of the federal government to the state governments to each county, city, or town, we are the most powerful people within any of those governments. And that is, we are the citizens. Which means... The officials work for us. We say if they have their positions or not, through the action of voting, we can put pressure on them. We can keep them transparent. We can keep them accountable. Or we can be apathetic and we can flub our responsibility and we can drink the Kool-Aid that a certain official here, there, or everywhere provides, and we can say, oh, look, they ran on being such a wonderful person, and they're going to do a good job. Let me be very clear, folks. A very intelligent woman who just recently unfriended me on Facebook, Fran Tucker, used to always say this, and I very much agree with her that your job doesn't end at the ballot box. You don't get to go in and say, well, I voted, so that's over. Good luck. See you in four years. No, 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 no. You vote. Then it's now the most important part of your job. You must keep record of your people that you voted for. Did this mayor, did this council member, did this judge or commissioner or senator or president honor their commitment to you? Did they uphold the Constitution? Did they keep their promises? Did they do what they said they were going to do? Were you able to communicate with them? Did you feel as though they represented your and the majority's wishes? Or did they simply do what they wanted to do for themselves? Did they not care about you or other citizens' points of view? Was it hard to ask them questions? Was transparency not a priority? And was accountability not something that they understood what that was? Because if that's the case, then you have to say, well, I made a mistake, I shouldn't have voted for that person. Look, I've cast many votes for officials, and then I have later said, well, that was a mistake, and I've worked to get those people out of office. Very similar to seen. or whatever that guy's name was that used to be the mayor of Winchester. He got in, he was a disaster, and I got rid of him. Along with the rest of the community. But I was a strong advocate for that. And that's what you must do. The flip side of that is, did you vote for someone, and are they doing a fantastic job? And if so, you must give them praise, and you must help keep them in that position. Or... Did you vote against somebody or did you not support a candidate who in fact turned out to be a great candidate? Because I've done that too. And I've said, hey, wait a minute. I should have voted for this guy and I will be voting for this person next time because I didn't vote for them the first time. But boy, they sure turned out to be fantastic. And then you have to work to say, hey, I'm sorry, I should have done better and will do better during the next election. All of those are things that you must do. And to do that, you have to stay involved. You have to attend meetings. You have to read the newspaper or you have to listen to podcasts like this one. You have to keep informed and you have to build a team of people that you trust and a team of people that you can work with. I always say... Whether you listen to this and you agree or you listen to this and you disagree, the thing here that you have via this platform, Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbury, you have these audio recordings, but you also have the social media aspect on my Facebook Page at Christopher H. Bilberry or Podcast Perception is Reality, or by simply going to Facebook.com backslash Bilberry 318. Because there you will certainly find somebody that you agree with. Whether it's me or whether it's someone that comments, you will find somebody. And so we can team up and we can become a network of people that can help each other. Hey, I can't go to this meeting, but I can go to the Board of Works meeting. Okay, well, I'll go to the Council meeting, you go to the Board of Works meeting, and we'll keep each other informed. Or, I go to all these meetings, but tomorrow night i got to go out and do X, Y, and Z. I can't attend. Will you let me know how it goes? Will you keep me informed on how they vote on X? And it's just doing our part to help keep everybody informed educated, to help keep everybody informed, and to help keep everybody active. And that is what we must do. Listen, I'm 16-some minutes into this, and I haven't said word one about questioning anybody. I haven't said word one about not liking this mayor or this mayor or this counselor or this people. I've not said anything about that. I've simply talked about what we must do because... We have to get back to a place where you can support your candidate and I can support my candidate. And sometimes that can be the same candidate, but then you can have questions and I can have questions. And certainly if your questions seem to run in a different way than how I think about this person, I shouldn't get mad at you. Because it's your right to be able to have thoughts, feelings, and opinions and express those thoughts, feelings, and opinions that might be different from mine, as well as it's my right to express my thoughts, feelings, and opinions that might be different from yours. I'm getting people jumping down my throat because I dare ask the mayor administration a question on the fourth day they're in office. Well, What? Why does it matter how long they've been in office? If the candidate ran on transparency, then this is what they expected. And look, I get it. You're supportive of this candidate. You're tired of what maybe the former administration was doing, right, wrong, or indifferent. And you want this person to do well. And you're looking at my questions as some kind of an attack. And it's not. It's simply me asking questions. How do you ever learn something if you don't ask questions? And I know, I know, people will say, well, you don't need to know, just sit back and wait. Well, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do that. This person, that person, all candidates, and I'm not talking, I'm going people are going to be like, well, you're talking about Dan Reinhauer, and that's not going to be correct. Because in 2019, every candidate everywhere, <laughs> not just in Muncie, but every candidate that ran everywhere... And pretty much every candidate that runs anywhere in any election runs on the promise of transparency, accountability, and this, that, and the other. And where the breakdown occurs is when people let them slide, and then they slide a little further, and they slide a little further. No, I'm not going to do that anymore. If you're a candidate that runs on 100% transparency and 100% accountability, Well, then I'm going to hold you to that. I'm not going to hold you to this promise or that promise. The main promise I'm going to hold you to is the transparency and accountability. And we all must do that. Whether you support and like a candidate or not, look, once that person wins... They're no longer a candidate in need of that support. They are now an official that is not supposed to really be a Republican or Democrat, but is supposed to be an official looking after the best interest of the majority of the city. And questions to that person are good. And not doing that is where that breakdown in our system comes from and why we are all so divided because everybody gets separated into camps and then decides they're going to poke your eye out if you dare look at their candidate cross-eyed. And that can't be because that is what creates the division and the breakdown of our political system in America, from the top down or the bottom up. I mentioned at the beginning of this that I was recently sent a video by producer Kate of a Now This Politics clip. And basically, it's a video of Jennifer Lawrence, you know, the actor. And the video is titled Jennifer Lawrence is Unbreaking America's Political System Failure. And I watched it. It's about Uh, 12 minutes long and it's a good little clip matter of fact I will post the link to that video in the summary of this podcast because it's amazing due to copyright issues I can't play the video in this episode but you can get the link from the summary of this podcast if you need help getting that let me know But it just talks about how everything's so divided. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about this here in just a moment. But it's like this. Some say from the top down, from the federal government, the president down to local government. I like to say it's like this from the bottom up. Because I'm not a big sports guy, but you can look at politics and government Kind of like how sports teams, specifically baseball, have feeder programs. You know, you run for town board or town precinct committeemen or county precinct committeemen, or you run for county council or city council or, or whatnot, and you do a couple years there, and then you jump up to run for this office or that office that's a little higher. Maybe you run for mayor. Maybe you run for county commissioner. Then you run for state senate or house representatives, at the state level, and it feeds up from there and there and there and there. And so if we are practicing bad civics and bad politics on the local level, and then we rise into the state level and are still practicing bad governance and bad politics and then, just in a fluke, we get up into the federal level, now we're a, a congressman or a senator, and we're still practicing bad government and bad politics, and our supporters are too, well then no wonder everything is so freaking divided and broken. And that is what we must stop. Listen. If I have a stance... And I'm just going to say this because really it involves nobody in Muncie and nobody in Winchester. I'll be talking, for example, about the mayor in Richmond. Let's say, for example, I make the statement that I am not a fan of Mayor Dave Snow in Richmond, and I wish he would not have been reelected to the office of mayor. He was elected four years ago. He did his term. And then in this last election, he was recently reelected and he took office in January as the incumbent for another four year term. Now, I'm not saying I don't like him. I'm just using this for a hypothetical. Let's just say that I don't like the fact that Dave Snow was reelected. What I'm hearing from people, and it's just a small segment, is I'm hearing people say, One of a couple things. Your opinion's stupid. You shouldn't have that opinion because you don't live in Richmond. Or, uh, you're stupid because just give him some time. Or, um, you're stupid because that Walmart thing from a billion years ago. Or uh, you shouldn't be saying that about Dave Snow because Dave Snow's a Christian or Dave Snow's a good guy or Dave uh likes a cherry pie. I'm hearing all this nonsense from people who are mad about my opinion. Now, how am I hearing that they're mad? Well, they're voicing their opinion. And that's always been ludicrous. That I get in trouble for voicing my opinion and the way I get in trouble is because you voice your opinion. Tell me what good... That does. So wait a minute. You can a voice your opinion about me being stupid voicing my opinion? I don't understand. And when we talk about that for a minute, let's bring it back and actually talk about real-life situations. In Muncie, for example. So I get up, or Audie Barber gets up, or John Doe gets up and asks a question... And two or three people don't like me or Audie or John Doe or someone else. And so me or Audie or John Doe or someone else asks a legitimate question. Listen, you don't have to like me unless you're willing to say that because you have a personal issue with me that I can add no value I don't think anybody's saying that. People aren't that stupid. I mean, if you're saying that because we personally don't get along, I have no value, then you're a freaking idiot. All right? That's just the bottom line. Because even people that disagree still have value, okay? It might not be all the time, and we might disagree, and I might not like you, but that doesn't mean your ideas are completely 100% dumb. There are going to be times when I agree with you, even though I might not like you as a person, or there are going to be times that I agree with you, even though I disagree with you a majority of the time. Just like, if you're honest, there are going to be times that you agree with me, if you're truly being unbiased, no matter if you like me or you disagree with me a majority of the time, there are still going to be things that I say that you're going to agree with. That's just common sense. Like I say time after time after time, nobody should agree with anyone 100% of the time. And on the flip side to that, nobody should disagree with someone a hundred percent of the time because if you're agreeing with me a hundred percent of the time then you're just a bootlicker and and that's kind of what's going on there and and you've got an ulterior motive there but if you disagree with me a hundred percent of the time then you have an ulterior motive there as well and that just really doesn't make sense that's not how we move forward with progress and that's not how we better government I'm going to take a real quick break here, and on the other side of that break, I'm going to come back with a great example of what I'm talking about here, and then we're going to get into the breakdown of this Jennifer Lawrence video. You're listening to this 68th episode of Perception is Reality that I'm calling Transparency or Translucency.
1: Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Perception. Perception. Perception is is reality. Reality. Audi Barber, 610 West 11th Street. We've already paid for the fire truck, but we're not going to appropriate the money to pay for it. So does that mean that these fire trucks sit there then? Do they just sit there and not use them? Because the new council don't want to approve the expenditure for Is that what's going to happen with them? <laughs> that, I do not know that. That would be no. up to the chief. No, that fire truck is in service and is being used at this time. That's what I want to
0: know. Thank you. Yes, sir. All right. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Perception is Reality. This is episode 68, Transparency or Translucency. So what you just heard there, folks, was a little snippet from the Muncie City Council meeting from... Monday, January 6th, 2020. And what you're hearing in that little brief audio clip is Muncie citizen, political activist, Audie Barber, talking to the newly elected Muncie City Council, the nine-member council, and he's talking to them about an ordinance that is on the plate in Muncie, and a very long story short, some fire trucks were purchased back in 2019 under a different fire chief and the different administration. And the old city council was upset that the fire chief or the mayor or someone did not come and talk to them about this. I'm not going to get into the right or wrong of this because the fire department at that time maintained that they had the authority to do this, the council maintained that they didn't, and this is really a them versus them type of deal, and I'm actually offering this to show the breakdown of... Common sense and the breakdown of the regular political system that we have here on the local level, state level, and federal level, like I've been talking about. Let's get into it. So they were talking about whether or not this council was going to vote for or approve the appropriation that has already been handled last year under a different fire chief, a different mayor and administration, and a different city council. And again, it's important to note that the fire trucks have already been purchased They are already owned by the city, and the city has owned them for quite some time. And the money has already been spent. So if the council doesn't approve this appropriations, the city still has the trucks, the money's still gone. If they do approve the appropriation, the same thing occurs. The city still has these trucks, and the money's already been spent. The argument is, from the council's side, they would have liked the old fire department and the old chief and the old mayor to have talked to the old council before spending the money in this way. I can completely understand that train of thought of this council and the last counsel, honestly. But if the fire department's saying they were acting within their right and legal counsel is saying that same thing, and they did have legal counsel stating that then that's where it gets dicey. But that's not what I'm offering this for. I'm bringing this up to show the breakdown in common sense and the political system within our local government, the state government, and the federal government. And this is just a perfect example. So what you must know about this situation is, as I stated... If they vote for the appropriation or they don't vote for the appropriation, the same thing happens. The fire department already has the vehicles, the money has been spent, nothing changes. The only issue that occurs is if they do not vote for the appropriation, then the State Board of Accounts comes in and gives the city of Muncie a little smack on the hands. Okay, nothing major. It's not good, but it's nothing major. The thing is, the people who would be getting that smack on the hands aren't really the people who had all of this happen in the first place because, like I've noted, the old mayor, the old fire chief, the old administration the old council was all involved these are all new people so the people who were involved with these purchases and this situation in the past nothing's gonna happen to them right wrong or indifferent and again that's not what I'm talking about I'm just stating to you so you'll have an understanding when I paint this picture the other thing that you have to keep in mind is what we've been hearing for the last couple months as this has played out is if this council doesn't vote for the appropriation, the rumor was going around that this very expensive equipment would just sit there, meaning it would have been a waste of the money. And that's not really made sense to a bunch of people. Basically, we're kind of up a creek here. You know, everybody says you need fire trucks. Nobody's saying, you know, firemen shouldn't have vehicles, but there's a difference in opinion in how they should have went about this. And I understand that And you can argue that and we can argue this till the cows come home. The point being is no matter what we say, no matter what we want or wish right now, we're left with a situation where this is where we are. So we have to deal with it. Does it make sense to vote for this appropriation and move on and say, okay, we're not going to do this anymore. We took care of this issue, but from now on it won't be like this. Or does it make sense for the new people to not vote for the appropriation, just more or less to send a political message, okay? Then that leaves people on the outside, the citizens, wondering, wait a minute, if you don't approve this appropriation and the money's already been spent and the trucks are already here, are these trucks just going to sit or will they be in use? So that's a legitimate question. So in that clip, and we'll hear it here again, you have Audi Barber standing up to clarify simply, will the trucks be used if you guys don't vote for the appropriation or will the trucks have to be stationary, which will essentially mean the money is wasted. You know, this is kind of a question, what makes more sense to send a political message? And I'm not saying that in a negative way. I'm not saying that that's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's essentially what's happening here. Should this council... Send a message that you guys did this wrong and so we're going to let it be known. And that could possibly happen. And if that did, we heard the possibility that these million dollar machines would have to just sit. Or should they go ahead and bite the bullet and approve these appropriations and just move on from there? Well, during the meeting, Audie gets up and asks this very legitimate question, which you heard and you'll hear again. And Everybody from my area in the audience thought this was a great question because, as you'll hear, he asks it and you'll hear the Muncie City Council president, Republican Brad Polk, say, I don't know. And then you'll hear newly appointed Muncie Fire Chief, Dave Miller, come up and say, no, the trucks are already in service and they will stay in service. At which point, Audie says, okay, that's what I wanted to know. That was a big question, a legitimate question that lots of citizens had, as well as you can hear that Councilman Brad Polk says, I don't know, which means he wasn't sure what he was just getting ready to vote on. So that was a legitimate question. No matter what your thoughts, feelings, or opinions are on Audie Barber, it was a good question to ask and get an answer to. Let's listen to it real quick. So here first, you'll hear from Audie.
1: Audie Barber, 610 West 11th Street. We've already paid for the fire truck, but we're not going to appropriate the money to pay for it. So does that mean that these fire trucks sit there then? Do they just sit there and not use them? Because the new council don't want to approve the expenditure form. Is that what's going to happen with them?
0: Next up, you're going to hear from Muncie City Council President Brad Polk, and we hear him say, I don't know, that'll be up to the fire chief. I do not know that. That would be up to the chief. Moving along, we will now hear from the fire chief who says, no, the truck is already in service.
1: No, that fire truck is in service and is being used at this time.
0: And, of course, then we wrap up with... Audie Barber saying, okay, that's what I want to know. And the fire chief says, thank you. That's
1: what I want to know. Thank you. Yes, sir.
0: So what does this have to do with anything? Well, everyone at the council meeting, or for the most part, I can't speak for everyone, of course, but a good portion of the people that I was around and talked to thought that this was a good exchange, this was a good question, information was learned, the counselors learned something, and they were able to move forward. But yet I get home and I look on the Muncie City Facebook page and I look at the live streamed video and go back and look at it and you have people who generally don't attend meetings and don't really get too involved, and aren't in the thick of it, but they like to sit at home and be social justice keyboard warriors, and they like to express their opinions about how bad it is for other people to express their opinions, which... I've never really understood. But you have the likes of Hans Heinzelman and Hannah Han Cannon or something like that who are kind of bad mouthing Audie, telling him to sit down and telling him that it's enough already and what's the point of this. And I look at that and I literally could pull my hair out because here's how I see that. I see myself, I see this platform, I see my podcast, I see my activism and what I do, and I look at all the goals I've ever tried to achieve, my agendas, things I've tried to push forward on, and I see that, you know what, for the most part, for the last several years, I have achieved everything that I've wanted to do. But I do that because I'm active, I'm educated, I'm involved, I know what the process is. I communicate. I communicate with my fellow citizens, those that agree with me and those that disagree with me. I communicate with city employees and city business people. I communicate with city officials, appointed and elected, and again, those that I agree with and those that I don't agree with. And so I have a little bit of an understanding. I'm in communication with these people. 50% of the time, it's because they're reaching out to me. And because of that, I'm in the thick of it, and I'm able to push forward my agenda. And that's what it takes. You're not going to better your government or put your flavor on it from sitting at home on the couch bitching about what Joe Blow says. You know, look... You have a right to say whatever you want to say about me. I don't ever get mad about that. So here's what it all boils down to. And how this ties back to the video that I was talking about, about the breakdown of the American political process from the top to the bottom or the bottom to the top. Used to, people could have political beliefs and could argue their points And they understood that it was just politics, and I'm going to say my piece, and my opponent will say why I'm wrong, why I'm right, and we'll argue that, and then it will be over. But no longer is that what happens. Now, for example, we'll use Audie, or we'll use me. I stand up, or Audie stands up and says something. For example, I might stand up and say, The sky is blue. And my opponents don't stand up and argue why it's not blue and why it's actually a shade of purple and white or whatever their argument might be. They instead stand up and say, screw you, you don't have a right to say that. You live in Winchester. Or why do you have a right to say that? You know it's only been four days since the sky has been not gray. You should give the blue just a moment Or, nobody likes you because you're obsessed with saying the sky is blue. Stop talking about me and argue the principle. We all have a right to express our thoughts. We all have a right to express our feelings. What's ignorant is when you have somebody who is really pro option A and you get someone else over here from left field stands up that says something good about option A, but the first person doesn't even hear it, doesn't acknowledge it, doesn't care about it because It don't even matter what this person said about option A. It just matters that it's this person talking, and so boo, down with him, and we gotta get that guy out of the way. Nobody debates the issues anymore. It seems like you have one side that's in power, and those on the other side want to just take shots at the people in power, and when the power switches, now you have the people who were taking shots at the people in power are in power, but they don't want shots taken at them, and legitimate questions go away. You can no longer just ask a question because now you have this vitriolic attack where people are jabbing your eyeballs out and trying to crap down your throat because you're wanting to ask a legitimate question. And that is just where I feel as though this has all broken down. So, yes, I want to get lots of people involved. Yes, I agree no one is going to agree 100% of the time, and we are going to disagree. Now that we're starting to get involved and starting to get active, we need to start talking about the appropriate way to, to argue points and the ways we handle people that we either 1. don't like or 2. don't agree with. By now, And if you're listening to this, you should probably have an understanding that not every person on the planet is going to like you, and you're probably fully aware of the fact that you don't like everyone on the planet. There are people that you just certainly don't like, and there are people that just certainly don't like you. But you should have a pretty good understanding of how to deal with those people. If you don't like something that I'm saying, don't listen. If you're grown up enough to listen to something that you don't like so that you can be educated about what I'm talking about and then be able to debate me with actual factual information then that's one thing but if your form of debate is just to tell me using your opinion that I shouldn't have an opinion well then that's insane and your argument doesn't hold water, and there's no substance to that argument. And I'm no longer going to argue with people like that. It's like this. If I stand up, and we'll use Winchester for the moment, if I stand up and say, newly elected Mayor Bob McCoy shouldn't have kept Meeks Cockrell on as the Winchester City Attorney. Boy, Meeks Cockrell sucks. He's been a horrible City Attorney for the last billion years and they really needed to make a change in the City Attorney. You might not like that I say that and you might not agree with me and you might not like me, but an argument against me saying Meeks Cockrell shouldn't be the City Attorney isn't Well, you're a dummy, and what about the Walmart story? What a horrible person you are. Let's talk about that. That's not a debate. That's not an argument, and you're not winning your case. You're not doing anything. If you tell me I shouldn't have an opinion because of X, Y, or Z, I'm going to say toss-off because you're using your opinion to tell me I shouldn't have an opinion, what you should do is you should stand up and say, well, wait a minute, Meek's Cockrell is a great choice because of this reason, this reason, and that reason. That is actually a debate and standing up for your opinion. Trying to poke my eyeballs out for me having an opinion doesn't win your side anything. It just makes you look dumb. So as we progress along into 2020, while we're attempting to educate people, engage people, get people active and involved, and we follow the political system, and while we are attempting to better government through citizen involvement, we are now going to start focusing on a second tagline, which is bettering citizens' understanding of how the processes actually work. We're not all always going to agree or disagree but when we're doing whatever we're doing we have to make sure that it's advancing the agenda and it's progressing the work forward and I'm going to focus on this a lot over the next several months through 2020 as we continue to examine these newly elected officials and as we gear up for a presidential election, state elections, and elections on the county level. We have an absolutely crazy packed full year ahead of us and we have to remember to stay active, stay engaged, get educated, and be here for one another. Whether we agree or disagree, as long as we understand we all have a right to our thoughts, our feelings, and our opinions, and we have the right to express them. And so does everyone else. You're listening to this 68th episode of Perception Is Reality. I'm Christopher H. Bilbrey, and we'll be right back after this quick break.
1: Perception. Perception. Is. Reality. Reality.
0: Perception. Is. Reality. Reality. So, why was this episode called Transparency or Translucency? Well, that's simple. Transparency is clear or can be seen through, and translucency, not so much. We're going to be focusing on these two words a lot over the next year. We have a lot of work ahead of us, folks, and I'm going to need your help. And as always, I will be here if there's anything that you need from me. Please remember to share this episode with everyone you know, as well as the podcast as a whole. Stay active, stay engaged, be safe, God bless. It's good to be back. And I'll I look forward to talking to you again real soon.
1: You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318 and on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com or get off your butt and call the show at 765 546 9796. Till next time, remember perception, perception is, is reality. Reality.
0: This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.